Hello and welcome to Unlikable Female Characters, the podcast with feminist thriller writers in conversation about female characters who don't give a damn if you like them. I'm Lane Fargo and I'm here with Kristen LaPianca. Hello. And Wendy Hurd. Hello. And this episode, we are going to talk about some of our favorite books that came out this year uh, that feature unlikable female characters. So this is sort of a reading recommendation, maybe a gift guide if you haven't bought all of your Christmas gifts yet. Um, This episode should come out in time that you could buy these for some bitches in your life who love books. (laughs) I have a lot in my life. Um, I had a hard time when I was trying to figure out which books to talk about. Like, There's so many books I love, but I had a hard time remembering which ones came out in 2018 because this year has felt so fucking long. Oh my god. (laughs) I saw this tweet the other day that was like, do you guys remember that we had an Olympics this year? Oh, God, I what? saw that. <laughs> I know. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. That's truly, like, that's truly shocking. I know. It's, like, <laughs> faded into the mists of time. Because, like, yes. every year, I don't know, every day that Donald Trump is president feels like a year or more. It oh, just, yes. oh, my God, it's crazy. So wow. I had to check all the release dates because I was looking at these books, like, oh, this one came out back in, like, 2015. I'm like, no, it came out in April. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> What's wrong with me? Yeah, that. I mean, I, that's truly chilling that the Olympics were in, what, February? February, like, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I know. That's so hard to believe. Wow. It blew my mind. <laughs> um, now that I've blown all your minds, <laughs> um, we're going to just jump right into the book recommendations, and I think Wendy was going to go first. So take it away, Wendy. All right. Well, I struggled so hard to select between the many, many, many amazing books that were out this year. I picked two to talk about today. Um, Number one I picked um, is a little different. It's a poetry collection by Amanda Lovelace. I love her books. I don't know if you had all read The Princess Saves Herself in this one. Kristen, did you said that you had maybe read read that? Mm -hmm. I mean, she's just amazing. Um, And so I picked the witch doesn't burn in this one where she just is unapologetically feminist. Some, I mean, so many things you could quote from this book. You could quote this book all day long and never run out of quotes. Um, My few of my favorites were one quote. She says to be a woman is to be war bound, knowing all the odds are stacked against you. Oh, wow. Another quote I loved from this book. Um, Ready for a harsh truth? Women don't need your validation. Yes. I need to read this. I don't read a lot of poetry, but that is like amazing. She's really great. She also has a really fantastic Instagram with uh, snippets of her her poetry and just lots of empowering things. So, Yes. And she's a wonderful person. I've actually been to one of her readings and signings, which is where I purchased The Witch Doesn't Burn in this one. Um, And then here's another quote. Call me bitch, call me villain, call me she-wolf, call me bad omen, call me your worst nightmare. I want to get that tattooed on my body. I know, (laughs) right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then here's my last quote for you because this is just going to fill your heart with love and joy. Be the unlikable woman protagonist. All the men just love to complain about. Oh, my golden life. So perfect. I know. So I felt like... I know this isn't a novel, but this particular book for us, I feel like this is almost like the anthem. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we can, So if you are wondering what you could get a person in your life that would be something they could, you know, kind of dip into when they need a moment of feeling validated or feeling strong or feeling seen, 
Um, this book even talks about sexual assault. It talks about rape culture. It talks about uh, body image. I mean, it, it just kind of talks about all of these different aspects of being a woman and you could just dip in and I have post-its covering the pages of this book. Um, so yeah, Amanda, you're awesome. And I love you. I think you're fantastic. And I can't wait to, uh, the next one I think is make to make monsters out of girls, which I haven't read yet, but I have sitting here. I can't wait to read it. Those are all the best titles I've ever heard. Yeah, her so titles are so good. Jealous, like aching with jealousy as I read them, but in the best way. You do know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh God, I wish I could do this. Like, this is so epic. Um, yeah, Amanda's amazing. And then the next book I selected is called Jar of Hearts by Jennifer Hillier. Have I, either of you read that book? Not yet. Not. Oh my God. This is an unlikable female protagonist, but not... See, here's the interesting thing. I, I struggle sometimes because like, I don't find these people unlikable. I thought that the main character, Gio, was fantastic. Also, um, there's so there's an unlikable female protagonist, kind of, although I think that she just, I mean, uh, that Jennifer just does such a great job of nuancing the character that I'm not sure people will read her as unlikable. Um, I think you have to really get into the story and be like, maybe she does some unlikable things. But I think that Jennifer does a great job of making a questionably moral character very readable and very human. Um, She just does a fantastic job of writing these very nuanced and multifaceted women characters. Um, She's got a a main character named Gio. There's a murder victim named Angela Wong uh, who disappeared back when they were like 16. And uh, it's sort of told in these interesting alternating timelines which i don't know if you ever tried to execute i have been unsuccessful at executing that personally i am trying right now (laughs) (laughs) trying it's really hard you know because anytime i I mean in general when you put a flashback into a book people don't write books may not know this but pretty much always it gets pulled out you know like you can just pretty much say goodbye to flashbacks most of the time it's like the reader is just not usually that invested in what isn't part of the current narrative. They might take a little flashback here and there, but to tell a story with actual like alternating timelines and to keep the reader invested is is quite uh, it's quite a it's quite a feat. So uh, this this book has got a ton of really great press. People seem to be receiving it really well. It's got a very high Goodreads rating, and uh, and yeah, I just think she killed it with this one. And I've read a bunch of her work. I think the first book of hers I read was Creep. Um, which was a little bit more of a like a serial killer story. Um, and so also I should say trigger warning on this book jar of hearts. there there is a rape scene uh, later in the book that's that's pretty pretty intense. So I definitely say it's a good gift, but if you know that you're giving this to a woman who has that as a trigger, you know, maybe not. Awesome. That is uh, very high on my TBR. and I yes. want to read creep as well. Um, it sounds like my kind of thing for sure. Yeah, she's so talented and she's such a nice person too. I mean, I've I've been at a, a conference with her and I don't know, she's just she's really cool. She's just the coolest. She's on social media, you can find her. She's she's awesome. Now, are her titles like song titles? Is that a thing that's going on? Oh, they are both song titles, aren't they? Yeah. Interesting. It makes me wonder if that's like if her other work is like that as well. In this book, The Jar of Hearts actually relates to a set piece um that you learn about. So hmm. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Kristen, I think you're going to go next. Yes. So 
the first book that I would like to talk about is The Best Bad Things by Katrina Carrasco. And it just came out uh, at the beginning of November, so just at the tail end of this year, but I read an advanced copy. And this is like my favorite thing that I read this year and possibly my favorite thing that I've read in the last few years. It's just so good. So it is a historical crime novel and like I will be completely honest and say like I don't generally love to read historical crime novels um but I was really interested in this one and so I jumped in and it is like historical in the sense of the time period but all of these characters in it are modern and fucked up as hell it is so good um it's set in 18 the 1880s in uh Washington state in like kind of a, a port city where there's a lot of like organized crime stuff happening in regards to the port and smuggling. Uh, and the protagonist is a gender fluid, uh, former Pinkerton's detective who, um, she, she worked as a detective as a woman and she goes undercover as a man in one of the, just like the shipping crews along the port city. Um, and there's just so much, yummy tension of both like a sexual and criminal in nature uh the characters are so vividly drawn you can just like feel the punches in this book like it's just written so vividly and if you know anyone who likes to read sort of gritty um historical who would like to explore um a gender fluid character in the space which i think is so fascinating to to do in a historical book definitely consider the best bad things because it is just so vivid i can't stop thinking about it and i read it probably two or three months ago um but yeah it is amazing have you either of you guys encountered this book at all i have it i have an advanced reader copy but i haven't my tbr is like <laughs> yeah. Overflowing, yeah but i've been really eager to read it ever since um because katrina is a pitch wars mentor like yes. yeah the rest of us are um and i when i got into pitch wars as a mentee in 2017 she was uh she also requested my full manuscript mm. so i like met her back then um she's amazing so i'm very i met her in person at the latest voucher con mm-hmm. conference yeah. yep she's great i met her there and too. i think we both had our books in the bag so i remember seeing that book but being disappointed that i didn't get one and i'm I'd lo- i can't wait to read it a friend of mine brought me one from VoucherCon. She brought me your yeah. book, Wendy, and oh. then Katrina's book. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, though. Um, and the next book I'd like to talk about is Hashtag Fashion Victim by Amina Akhtar. And I saw this book described somewhere as Dexter meets The Devil Wears Prada. And that's a really dead-on description of it. It's uh, the set... best pitch ever, right? It's <laughs> oh so my good. God, it sounds fantastic. <laughs> like that just says it all. It's just says it all. So um, the the protagonist is like a fashion editor for a magazine, and uh, she's also a murderer. And so there's lots of she's like very ambitious, and in the service of her ambition, uh, there's a lot of heads roll throughout. The people that she knows um it sort of starts with her wanting to like get the approval of one of her co-workers like she works with this woman who just seems like perfect and 
effortless and everything is so easy for her and she's just so cool and hip and she has the best Instagram and so many followers and everybody loves what she does. And so the protagonist just sort of starts out wanting to like get to, you know, be friends with someone like that. And it turns into a full blown obsession, but it's a very, very funny book. So it is not like, uh, a creepy obsessive stalker type of story. It is hilarious and just so clever and, um, it's just, it's just perfect. That's not easy to execute. Funny is hard. Funny is definitely hard, especially when you're talking about like really dark topics. Um, because something that is like dark and humorous can easily come off as flip, but this book doesn't, it just comes off as like, it's fun without being like insignificant, I guess. Uh, and it's just like such a such a clever idea that we've we consume so much pop culture that's about like you know set in the fashion world and like shows like the bold type um if, if you either of you have seen that which is actually a great show but uh it's nothing to do with this book other than being in the fashion world but like you know the devil wears prada there's all these stories about people who work in that space um and I feel like this is the first, like, mystery set in that world that I've ever seen. And I love it. So that is a great one. If you have any people on your uh, holiday gift list who are into fashion um, or murder, <laughs> that was check super awkward. And check. Um, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's very funny. I have that one on my shelf too. I got it through the Book of the Month Club. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Does anyone else have a secret shame shelf full of Book of the Month books they haven't read yet? <laughs> my I whole know. bookshelf is full of books that I am dying to read and haven't read yet. It's so rough. Yeah. My my apartment is basically like a pile of books. Like I just like use books as furniture up in here. It's ridiculous, and I have so many that I need to read. Um, but and it's so hard because like there's books we want to read because we know the people who wrote them and there's books we want to read like as authors who need to know about books that are coming out and Mm -hmm. stuff. And then there's like books that you just want to read for pleasure that you don't know the author and you don't have any like, you know, quote unquote businessy reason to read it. You just want to read it. And so it gets really hard. Like the struggle is real for us, for us authors, (laughs) but it's such a good problem to have. It's true. I might have to start making furniture out of all of my books. But I did actually read like this past month's book of the month selection. I actually read it during the month that I got it. So I'm like, where's my prize? Like, right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you should get like a special like button. I know, right? You um, did that it. I have, like six months worth that I haven't touched yet. But yeah. uh, I'll get on it. I'll get on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then uh, my third recommendation um, is Social Creature by Tara Isabella Burton and I know Lane you've also read this and it is just so good I know that basically all of my recommendations are like it's so good you should read it but like honestly like it's true so social creature uh it's kind of a its subject is sort of adjacent to what's going on in hashtag fashion victim it's a in the sort of like Manhattan elite world of rich people who don't understand real problems and there there are two women uh louise and lavinia and um louise is sort of like a hard-working girl writes 
crappy content articles for various websites and has to hustle to pay for her small, crappy, far-flung Brooklyn apartment. And then there's Lavinia, who lives in Manhattan and is just ridiculously rich. And she's, you know, 22 and taking a break from college and lives in this enormous place paid for by her parents. And they sort of meet each other through a strange coincidence and become, like, I guess you'd call them friends, but it's a really, like, complicated and messed up relationship that they have. Yeah, it's like a very toxic female friendship, which is always really interesting to read about. Yes, for sure. Um, The prose in this book, though, is just, like, it's just so made me so jealous. Oh right? my god, I know it's in um, third person present, which is so fucking hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. Like I've tried, yeah, and it's yeah. so hard. And she just does it. Like the voice of this, it's so confident. I can't believe this is her first novel. It right. seems like someone who's been writing for decades and has like twenty books out. It's incredible. It is so confident, and it's like um, it's not much of a spoiler to to say this because the book also hints at it very early on in the book but one of the characters uh dies and the way that the author sort of just like throws that out there is such a confident move I feel like because it's not like a in the hands of like a a writer less talented that would just be like oh you totally just killed some of the tension Mm -hmm. you know but instead it it totally works and even like the the place in the book where um the death happens it's like kind of in the middle-ish I guess uh it just it it the way she writes it keeps pulling you forward rather than releasing tension with something like that um but it's just like all about appearances and people's illusions about who you are and the lengths that you'll go to for approval and it is just amazing Yes, everyone should read it. I've been like yelling at people about this book all year because I loved it so much. Um, and I actually originally bought it uh, because of the cover. I totally judged it by its cover. <laughs> it is a great cover. <laughs> it's beautiful. Like if you haven't seen it, it's this woman's eye kind of looking down and she has this like blue black makeup kind of smeared. It looks like maybe she's been crying and it's sort of a looks sort of black swanish actually which yeah, I'm of course yeah. a big fan of that um, but I saw that cover and I was like I don't care what this book is about I'm like <laughs> I'm in and, and like, then it <laughs> the dust jacket is kind of like printed on vellum and it's like sort of metallic like it's yeah it's super hot it's great um that was what drew me to it and then um I'd heard it described as the talented Mr. Ripley meets Gossip Girl which is like <laughs> relevant to my interest yes <laughs> for sure that is also um, such a killer pitch right <laughs> yeah but like you said, the prose is incredible. There are all of these little details that just illustrate the character so perfectly. Like, I think my favorite line in the whole book is when Louise first goes to Lavinia's house. There's this line, um, Lavinia has flowers in all of her window boxes. All of them are dead. <laughs> and I'm just like, you haven't even met Lavinia properly yet. And you just know everything about her that you need to know oh, yeah. from that detail and it just I like stopped and read it over and over I was so jealous and so just oh I love this book (laughs) yeah it's really just like full of like little tiny brilliant character details like that um about all of the characters like it is a very wise book about the way people are uh very very shrewd in that way I think the author is it like a decorated travel writer she is yeah yeah 
Yeah, so she's not some like newbie or anything, but this is her first novel, and it is just like a tremendous first novel. <laughs> yes. It, that's like, like we said, it's the kind of thing when you're an author, you read it and you love it and you enjoy it, and you're also just like sick with jealousy. It's like all mixed up. Yes. <laughs> I um, love this book. And it's also, it's interesting to talk about as writers because like, Louise is a writer, like mostly a content writer, and Lavinia is like an aspiring writer, but she's like talentless and terrible. Um, (laughs) Do you remember um, a couple months ago there was uh, this book review floating around for the the new book written by the guy who wrote A Million Little Pieces, James Fry? Yeah, um, Uh, Katerina. Katerina, yeah. And the, the the snippets of that book that I read made me think like this is the, this is the kind of book that Lavinia w- would have written. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is right. Like yeah, I haven't read that yet. Seems but, so yeah. terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I won't say anything since I share a publisher. With him. <laughs> but you can say whatever you want. Fair. Well, I mean, I haven't read his book, but I've certainly read that review. Um, I'll go look that up. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, Lavinia is just like a very extravagant, over-the-top person, and you can see Louise is like drawn to her, but also kind of hates her. Just so t- like that toxic female friendship thing is captured yeah. so perfectly. It's so perfect. All right, so that was technically one of my recommendations too. Well, just that's a joint recommendation. Everybody go get Social Creature by Tara Isabella Burton. Um, and then I have two others to talk about. So one of my other favorite books of the year was Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott. Have you guys read that? So good. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm dying she's to read it. I haven't read it yet. I love everything she's written. Yes. But this book is like next level. <laughs> <laughs> I just I mean, yeah, I've read I've read most of her books. I haven't read Queen Pin yet, actually, which I need to. It's on my Kindle and I need to read it. Mm. Um but I've heard good things about that one too. But I've read, you know, Dare Me and The Fever and You Will Know Me. She's great titles too. Yeah. Uh, and this this new book just blew me away. It was like so gripping. Um, it's about these two scientists, Kit and Diane, who were, they're kind of competitive frenemies in high school. So we see some of that through flashback. But in the main present day storyline, they're both working together in this very intense laboratory. Um, they're vying for a one position on... Uh, this groundbreaking study about uh, PMDD, which is basically like PMS, but more murdery. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like a real thing, but I don't know. um, I don't know enough about it to know if it's uh, portrayed accurately in the book, but it's all about, you know, uh, women flying into rages and uh, all that, which we love around here. And Kit and Diane are both just these ambitious fucked up like really uncompromising women uh, and they're just allowed to be messy and complex and uh, I love seeing books where women are competing professionally like where there's an actual um, something for them to be competing over that's not just a man or something like that so I love that about this book that it was a professional setting and there's real conflict between them and I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to spoil anything with their you know dark secrets that come to light and all that Mm -hmm. Um, the tension in this book (gasps) is so incredible as a person with an anxiety disorder reading this book was just like (laughs) I was just like so nervous the entire time like it was almost stressful to read it it was yeah it's so good that she's able to create that kind of atmosphere like that was I've never read a book that has like that kind of like just anxiety floating around in it yeah that's how jar of hearts was and that's why I had a hard time describing it I was like I don't want to give any spoilers but oh my god (laughs) 
Yeah, and it's interesting with um, Give Me Your Hand and really most of Megan Abbott's work, it's not super like thriller plotty. Like there's not even a lot going on sometimes, but she infuses every single page with so much tension that like even the littlest interactions between characters can be more fraught with tension than an actual fight scene. It's really Oh yeah, yeah. It is really remarkable that like where some books in order to increase tension, like just like throw in increasingly crazier things or increasingly violent acts or whatever um she can write an extremely tense tense and suspenseful book where like not that many plot points happen but it has the same like page turning quality as Mm -hmm. like a very action-packed thriller does and you just have this feeling of dread the whole time you can't stop reading yeah i loved it (laughs) yeah it was it was brilliant So Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott, or really any Megan Abbott book, I feel like, is a good gift. Just read all of them. (laughs) Yeah, just read them all. That's her latest one. I might actually get Give Me Your Hand um, for someone this year. I I was almost going to say it, and then I was like, oh my god, what if the person listens to this? (laughs) Just give away my Christmas present, but it's it's on my list. (laughs) Very cool. Okay, and then my other recommendation is a book called What Should Be Wild by Julia Fine. Have either of you read this? No. So Julia is actually another Chicago author, um, which, you know, shout out my fellow Chicago authors. I got to meet her at the Printer's Row Lit Fest back mm-hmm. in June, which is awesome. She's really sweet. And this is her debut novel. I think it came out last spring. Um, and it's not my typical thing in terms of genre. Like, I read a lot of thrillers, obviously, since that's what I write. And this is more, I guess it's literary fiction, um, sort of a modern fairy tale. I don't know. Mm. Um So it's about this girl named Maisie who can kill or resurrect someone by touching them, kind of like Ned and Pushing Daisies, if either of you watched that show. Similar, similar magical device there. So she, her mother died uh, in childbirth and she's been raised in isolation by her father, who's a scientist. And he, um, he's not cruel to her, but he's kind of distant. He like treats her more as an experiment than as a person (laughs) like he's kind of studying her all the time to see what her ability can do like what the limits uh, are of it um and then one day he disappears and Maisie has to go into this spooky forest uh well she goes a couple places looking for him but then she eventually ventures into the spooky forest near their house to try and find him um and all throughout the book there are these little kind of perfect little vignettes about Maisie's female ancestors um who a lot of really awesome, complex, unlikable women in the family tree, actually. And they've all disappeared into this forest at various points. And now they're kind of living there together outside of time. So we see what happened to each of them, that they ended up in the forest and how they're all interacting there. Um, and it's just amazing. Uh, yeah, it's like this modern fairy tale about the pain women pass down through generations. I, I guess I would say like it doesn't I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's a really unique book. And the writing is just really lyrical without being pretentious, which is one of the hardest things to pull off. Yes. So hard. I don't know how Julia does it. Um, But yeah, I cannot wait to see what she writes next. This is her first book and um, really, really excited to see what else she's going to come up with because I love this so much. I've actually thought of two other things that I wanted to mention as we were talking about those books. Yes, Uh, please. Two other amazing books. So I read a book called The Child Finder by Renee Delafield, I think her name is. Denfield. Denfield. Yes. Have you read that? I have not, but she was a guest on uh, the Debutante Ball blog that oh. I'm a part of. So I'm like familiar with her through that. Okay. So this is, it's like, I would call it literary fiction, but 
Um, it is about a child that goes missing and um, the the title, The Child Finder, refers to one of the protagonists who is sort of like a like an investigator who specializes in finding missing kids. And um, she was someone who was a missing child herself. She was abducted at an early age and has no memory of what happened to her. And then like as a, as an adult, she became an investigator who specializes in this. And this was one of those books where um, the, it's not, it's not a thriller exactly because of the way it's paced and the way it's written. But um, it's so interesting how there's really no backstory for the protagonist Hmm. And I think that's something that's so hard to do as a writer um, is like not sort of bog your characters down in a ton of backstory to explain who they are because this is this character has like no idea what happened to her until she was like 14 years old. She has no memories of the beginning of her life. Um, but it has made her an extremely good investigator. And it's just really a beautiful book in that way um it's it's very short it's very concise uh and it's really really powerful um i forgot that i had read that and i as you were talking about um your last book that uh, for some reason that triggered my mind i wanted to talk about that yeah that sounds great and then i also want to plug a movie which is uh a Simple Favor, which has Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively in it. Have either of you seen it? I'm very excited to see this. I'm actually, um, I have a friend whose husband is in the Screen Actors Guild and they have a screener copy of it and we're going to watch it, I think, two weekends from now. So oh, I'm cool. really excited. <laughs> it is so good. <laughs> um, both both of the, the characters are um, pretty unlikable in different ways and it's really fun to see how how they play off of each other and it's just a it's a it's a fun um kind of a thrillery movie but it's also very much about the way these women present themselves to the world um and i can't wait until you watch it and then we can talk about it in detail it's based on a book, isn't it? It is based on a book. And actually, I read the book after I saw the movie. And the the movie is very, very different. Okay. And I believe that all of the changes that they made for the movie are definitely for the best. Okay. Um, so I would, I would recommend watching the movie for sure. You know what I forgot to tell you guys? You know, do you remember that misandry or misandry? I always say that word wrong in publishing fiasco. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Would someone please tell me, is it misandry or misandry? So that I don't keep saying it wrong. I think it's misandry, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I say misandry. Okay. I say we can say it however the fuck we want. I'm I say misandry. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Do you, so just for listeners who don't remember, there was this this man who was mad because he kept trying to get an agent by querying them on Twitter and it didn't work like surprisingly Shocking. And the way he queried them was he filmed a YouTube video that was like a scene from his book with him starring in it. Oh, that motherfucker. Okay. <laughs> and, 
he's and then the ultimate ultimate mediocre white man comment. yes and then oh, he, God. he put his query in the comments of the youtube video or like in the description and then he kept sending agents this link to his video and in the video he's getting interrogated by cops and he they all have like these really bad fake accents cockney <laughs> and anyway the book he's querying is about this woman a real woman historical woman named bell bilton who was like a famous um feminist icon sort of person um and in his qu- query he's like and who better to tell Belle's life story than the men who loved her <laughs> and so it's a it's a biography of this woman told from the perspective of the men she's dating oh fuck off <laughs> no and so he's so mad that no one will pick him up he starts going all over twitter claiming that publishing is you know uh, i forget i think he I don't remember if he was calling it like a gynocracy or something. He made up some term and then he did a hashtag misandry in publishing. And then <laughs> the women of Twitter kind of roasted him to the point where it was like a trending hashtag. And it was really funny. But as it turned out, a woman was already writing and publishing a biography of Belle Bilton <laughs> and had already done the biography shockingly through her point of view, which I mean, look, <laughs> Why would you write a biography of someone through their own point of view when you could write it through the perspective of the people that they're dating? Right. But I mean, of course. <laughs> what a waste anyway, of time. I got my hands on an advanced reader's copy of that, which is now out. It's called Becoming Belle by Nuala O'Connor. And it's fantastic. So this guy needs to just understand that this woman has already written this book and she's done a really good job. So if you're interested in a in a in a biography of a historical feminist figure, Becoming Belle is fantastic. That sounds amazing. Yeah. It's really interesting. She's a very interesting character. And now uh, this guy's gonna come after us and then we're gonna roast him on the podcast. I'm really excited. Yes. I'm excited. We haven't <laughs> really gotten us, bro. to, to oh roast any so terrible funny. men contacting us yet. But I'm sure it's uh I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Awesome. Well, those are all great recommendations. Uh, so we're going to put a list of these with links up on our website and we'll link to it on the episode page so you can find it and find all these books and buy them for the people you love. Uh, but we would be remiss if we did not make one more recommendation. Yes. Kristen, do you want to tell tell the listeners what that is? Yes. Uh, the number one book you should be buying for people on your list this year would be Hunting Annabelle by our very oh my God. own Wendy Hurd. <laughs> oh my God. It's fantastic. It um, we can't say too much because we don't want to spoil anything. You need to like go on this journey yourself. But yes. this book is full of bad bitches. That ending is amazing. It will like totally fuck with you and stick with you for a long time. Like I still think about it all the time. Um, and it comes out December 18th, which by the time this episode airs will be like next Tuesday, right? Yeah. So get on it. Yikes. I'm so nervous. It's at that point where I'm like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. It is. The time is now. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen's the only one of us who's been through this. She's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Books coming out. Old hat. (laughs) Yes. I have have my two books out, um, but the uh, experience of like what is going to happen on the day that my first book comes out and then I become like – officially an author and people who have never met me or have never met anyone that I've ever met are going to see my book and possibly read it uh like it's a very real and scary and exciting and amazing feeling and everyone tells you like savor it and it's like 
it's hard to savor it because it's stressful. But if you can, savor it. It's scary, you know, and then also it's, I don't know if y'all experience this writing in our genre, but, you know, on the one hand, I want to write books that are really provocative and dark and maybe have endings that make you argue about them, you know, and on the other hand, I just really want everyone to like me and be my friend. (laughs) Right. And those things don't always go together. (laughs) You know, (laughs) as I said to you when we were talking about this the other day, fuck that. (laughs) Not everyone's going to like you and that's fine. I know. Um, It's just this, you don't realize you don't realize you have that in you until you do something like publish a book with a really provocative ending. And then suddenly you're like, Oh God, I should have used a pseudonym. Well, going through life, like we get kind of immune to, you know, worrying all that much about what people think, but putting like a piece of art that you labored over for months or years and something that like is basically like part of your brain, like putting that out there for public consumption is very, um, like brave because there are lots of people who think of themselves as writers and are terrified to show their work to anyone. And like you showed it to like everybody. <laughs> yeah. So it's that. very, it feels, it does almost feel like releasing a naked photograph or something oh, like yeah, that. It's really sure. how it feels. It's like, it's at that level of feeling exposed when the person at work is like, I pre-ordered your book. And you're like, Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, I, re- I was always sort of feeling like when people would say, I, I pre-ordered your book, I'd be like, I'm glad you you ordered it. Uh, you don't need to read it, though. That's right. Like- Thank you so much for buying it. You should give it to someone. Like, give it to, a, <laughs> uh, like, someone I don't who doesn't know me. Uh, give, it give it to a to, library. Give it to, yeah. Or just, like, anyone who doesn't know me personally. Right. Like, <laughs> who just, do- you who- know, put it away. It'll be collectible someday. Just don't don't look in there. <laughs> I only feel that way about like people in my family. Um, well, I think my mom has decided not to read my book because I told her how disturbing it was. Yeah. And I was like, that's fine. Please don't. But my grandmother still wants to read it. Mm. <laughs> She's like a very nice Christian lady. And I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> my book is uh, very, very R-rated. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little less, less than halfway through it. And it is so good. Your characterizations are so strong. I can't Thank wait you. for everybody to read this. But back to your book, Wendy. You're not no, gonna no, have no. This. <laughs> talk, talk about your book, Wendy. That's yeah, what we're tell us to tell be us, doing. Tell us a little bit about Hunting Annabelle and like what you're doing for the release. Okay, so Hunting Annabelle is about a young man. He's 23. He's been released from a psychiatric prison for a crime he did commit, and he's trying to figure out what to do with himself. So he is spending his time haunting this local theme park. Uh, takes place in the 1980s in Austin, and he's sort of He's an artist, so he just like sketches people all day long and kind of tries to feel connected to them. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He doesn't feel like he should be back in society, but he doesn't know what else to do. So this is his version of like institutionalizing himself is by only letting himself hang out in this theme park. Um, and then he meets someone, Annabelle, and he's definitely knows he shouldn't be dating, but he figures one date can't hurt. And um, she gets kidnapped on their first date, and it becomes a race against time as the police get closer and closer to pinning her um, her kidnapping on him. He's trying to figure out who actually did it. So I think his mom, I don't hear a lot about this, but I feel like his mom is, a, is an unlikable woman that I worked harder on than I have on almost any other character. I don't know, Lane. I know you've read it. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
She's definitely, um, she's one of the more unlikable women in it. I mean, I could definitely see where she was coming from and why she was doing the things she was doing, but she's not a very, like, loving mother, like, demonstrative. She's, um, she's a doctor. She's, like, a professional woman and kind of keeps herself at a remove from her son, but you can see why, (laughs) given how Sean is, kind of, so you can understand. It would be very difficult to be the mother of this character, I think, so I can feel for her. Uh, but what I really loved, I mean, I love so many things about your book, Wendy, as you know, but um, I really loved the way you did an unreliable narrator, because uh, so often when you have unreliable narrators in thrillers, it's like the character is purposely keeping something from the reader um, yes. to kind of like fuck with the reader. And sometimes that works and sometimes it just makes you mad at the character. Yeah. You're like, come on. Um, but Sean is an unreliable narrator. Um in like through no fault of his own and he like genuinely wants to find out what the truth is and tell the truth and fill in the gaps and everything um but it's just very compelling that he doesn't know what's real and what's not sometimes and you go on that journey with him i just he's a great character i really felt this i really wanted to unpack this idea that we all have this thing inside of ourselves that scares us and what that's like, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. take one step closer to the line than the rest of us normally live at, just to say, like, I don't know, we've all had those moments where we saw this ugliness in ourselves and we're afraid of it, you know, afraid of our own capacity. So I really wanted the reader to feel that as they were reading him. Like, I connect with this because I maybe I'm kind of like this too, you know, that feeling. I don't know if I succeeded. We'll find out. I'm sure I totally did. Definitely <laughs> did. <laughs> I'm sure people will let me know. <laughs> oh, they will. Trust. Yeah, they, they will. <laughs> they will. They will share their opinions, yep. which is which is wonderful. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. I to be honest, I is it weird? I don't mind re- reading criticism in that I do find it helpful for future projects sometimes. Like sometimes it's just like this wasn't for me, but sometimes people will say things that are really useful. So I know you're not supposed to read your reviews, but then sometimes I think by not reading them, am I passing up this opportunity to sort of have all this feedback? So I, I, I'm struggling with that a little bit right now, too. Would you all read your reviews or Leanna? I know you probably don't have that many yet. Yeah, I don't have too many yet. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like right now, I'm fine with reading them, but they're mostly um, yeah. for my friends. I haven't yeah. gotten a really negative one yet, so I'm not sure how I'm going to react to that yet. I know. I read reviews like trade reviews or you know um like magazine or newspaper reviews i'm not allowed to look on goodreads anymore that makes sense um i am i tend to like be an obsessive sort of person like it doesn't take very much to like get me compulsively checking on something yeah me too when um like after my book came out and was out for a little while and i had like you know hundreds and hundreds of reviews um just sort of like because of how math works, some of them are going to be bad. And some of the bad reviews, like if someone reads the book and they're like, I read that and it wasn't for me, I didn't like it, here's why I didn't like it, like that reviews like that are fine. But yeah. I can sometimes like really internalize the ones that are like, this book sucked and it was stupid and the writer is yeah. dumb and I hate it and you're dumb and just kill yourself. Like reviews that yeah. are like that, I'm just like, someone chose to be so mean to me, like on purpose. Why? This review doesn't even say anything. Like it doesn't yeah. even, it's not helpful for readers to read a review like that because it doesn't say anything about the book. It doesn't say like, you, why you may or may not want to read it it's just like a little piece of meanness that someone like felt compelled to share it's yeah. just it's that just inter- like, that damn. internet comment culture that's just mean yeah 
I did have a review that someone sent me because it was so epic that said, this book had way too many words. It was like, <laughs> this book has so many words. <laughs> it's not even like, that long, is it? I'm so sorry. You're right. There's so many words in this book. It's like, there's no pictures. It's just words, <laughs> words, words. Like, the amount of words or like the like too many words they didn't know what they meant or like I just, that's so your book isn't that long it's like very fast paced yeah it's not it's not like it's one not of these long. like no it's like 85,000 words no no yeah that's not even long that's too so many words amazing. but yeah so that was funny there's always fun ones but there's ones yeah. that do just like stick it to you my was it donald trump if you like <laughs> too many words and too not many the best words. words not the best words he ha- he <laughs> has the best words of course <laughs> My very favorite review of my first book, The Last Place You Look, uh, someone said, like, this book was good, but it was full of unnecessary trash. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. What? Like, what? What kind what of trash? I think they probably mean, like, the, like, Roxanne is bisexual and she has oh, sex how dare with she? a woman in the book. How dare she? I assume that's what it meant, or perhaps it meant, like, uh, profanity or... maybe. I don't know, but I mean, unnecessary trash. Unnecessary. That's me. Too many words. <laughs> See, Too this many is things I'm happening. Like, kind of looking forward to getting bad reviews, I think. But again, I don't know like yeah, when it actually happens. But I feel like some of them might be hilarious. Some of them are, but like a lot of them just kind of make you feel like, Ugh. so um, for that reason, I don't look anymore. Just like. I don't want to see the ones that make me ugh, just so I can see the funny ones like unnecessary trash. Yeah. Um, and it's like. Well, that's it's- why I have a friend who curates reviews for me. We send them to each other mm-hmm. and we'll send each other reviews that we think you'd enjoy or that are funny. And then that's we don't have to check idea. our own. Yeah. That is a good idea. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, tell us about your uh, release day plans also before we sign off. I am so excited about my launch, which I. Okay. Let me clarify. I am not excited about being in front of people. I am excited about my launch because my audiobook narrator is going to um, to co-interview me. So we're going to be interviewing each other about the character and about the book, which I think is really interesting. That's really cool. That is. Yeah. Did you get to choose uh, your audiobook narrator? Were you involved in that process? I was, and I did. I had a choice. I think they sent me five different uh, narrators and I was able to make my list of numbers one through five like I got to so uh, wait let me re- let me rephrase that I got to rank men <laughs> <laughs> the dream right I was <laughs> no but like they said you know cause, and so I got to listen I got uh, they sent me their reels or their audition tapes or work that they have done and I got to decide which one I thought sounded the most like Sean you know which was really cool because I think as the author you have the voices in your head and I was able to, I ended up getting my first choice. His name is Tim and he's fantastic. If you go on my Twitter, you're going to see me constantly talking about him. But yeah, he's going to, he's going to co-interview me. We're doing it in January on the, on the 19th. So here in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. So that's exciting. Awesome. Super We're so excited. excited for your book launch. Um, going to hype it on the podcast Twitter and everyone should buy it. Hunting Annabelle. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Unlikable Female Characters. Don't forget to subscribe, and you can also follow us on Twitter at UnlikableFCPod for updates, book recommendations, and angry feminist rants. 
Our website is unlikablefemalecharacters.com, and we're also on Instagram at unlikablefemalecharacters. Thanks for listening. <laughs>